0: that too but obviously with again it kind of being one of those rare downtimes it allows us to expand the pallet so to speak and something that you hear on these airwaves well all year long due to track sign, and of course for 17 races because us being the home of the indycar series well you get to hear us talking about all things indycar well we have a first time winner that is get ready to join us now because yesterday he was the fastest around exhibition place on the streets of Toronto, and now I don't think I have ever gotten to ask this question as a first question to a guest. As Christian Lungard joins us, Christian, have you officially shaved the mustache at this point?
1: Hi, and yes, <laughs> uh, the, the, the the mustache got uh, got taken off in yesterday, which was uh, which, which was pretty special. Um, and also, the, the most special part of that was I made this uh, what I call a stupid deal with with my best friend uh, in December last year, and and we shook hands on it and we agreed on it. And then I, after the fact, I told him that the first race was in March, so we we had to live with it up until then at least. And and he was there to share the moment with me, so it, it made it extra special for sure.
0: Are uh, obviously you are glad the mustache is gone because of what it means. You got that race win but had you grown to appreciate the mustache or did you like look at yourself in the mirror every day and go, my goodness, you're a dope? Why did you make that bet?
2: I mean,
1: it was more, actually he had a mustache about a month before that. And when I saw him, I, I told him to get rid of it. And then uh, as stupid as I am, I we, we, we spend that one month and then I asked him if we should make this uh, this bet. And, and we agreed on it and it was there. And, and now it's gone. And obviously, like you mentioned, for, the, the reason why it's gone is, is because of the, the first win um and now we, we're going into a part of the season where i know we have more opportunities so uh i might need to go back out
0: It's <laughs> you, you get a streak you, you don't mess with a streak you gotta leave the, if you keep winning the mustache has to stay off um obviously exactly. you, you have been close uh it's 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 been three seasons really only two calendar years since you first made the jump to be here in august of 2021 what was the difference yesterday? In other words, what were the hurdles you were able to overcome that, for whatever reason, maybe you didn't in previous races when you had the opportunity?
1: I think yeah, we we had a very very fast car. Uh, we proved it in qualifying, even under the the mixed and, and tricky conditions we had with with rain in the middle of qualifying, the track drying up, and and we we're fast in, in Group One. Uh, I think we we're second and or second or third in, in the first part of qualifying, and I got transferred into Fast Six and. Once the, the, the track dried up, we knew that we had to go on slicks and, and give it everything we, we got. Uh, kind of the mentality was, the, last, the, the worst thing that can happen is that we're going to start sixth. Um, so obviously getting the, the pole, we had our, our brilliant strategy to, to try to pull away early in, early in the race, to, to just pull that gap and, and make the, the race easier for us later on, which it ended up doing. Um, and I do believe we had, uh, the fastest, one of the fastest cars, not the fastest car in, on the track yesterday.
0: You're, you, you're seventh right now in the points as I quickly just do, you know, a, a scan through the standings in 10 races, you have finished, you know, in the top 10 in six of those events. So d- do you view it as, Hey, I, I've had a successful year because again, I, I talked about how crazy the prism is of, of looking at everything through the Indy 500. When it was such a struggle for speed for you and for Jack and for Graham, so is, is that just the indie bias of the series? Do you look at and say, "Hey, 2023 has been really good for us"? Kind of your thoughts on that?
1: I think I I, I touched base on this uh, about a week ago uh, in, in some interviews where where they asked me, um, and honestly, I do think we've had a very strong season uh, if if you exclude the overall performance that we've had this year and. And perhaps even Long Beach uh, and, and Detroit. I think uh, th- those weekends are outstanders in terms of I think the performance we've had lately. Um, and I, I think we're making progress. I mean, last year we didn't win a race. Now we've we've won Toronto, um, and, and we're only going to come back stronger. We're going into Iowa next weekend, uh, driving the high V car, the high mm-hmm. V event. Uh, we got we are with the previous um, race winner, and we have the first box because we're on pole. So. You know, we're we're going in there with absolutely uh, the most pressure possible, uh, but we're going to go out there and give it everything we have.
0: It's it's one thing to go oval racing, which is obviously a primarily, you know, American, you know, interest in motorsport. The Bullring short track oval, kind of the only time you really kind of do anything like this. I mean, St. Louis is obviously almost double the size of, of of Iowa. What was it like for you to adapt to that for the first time last year in the Iowa weekend of 2022?
1: I, I enjoy Iowa. Uh, it's it's a fun little track. It's very bumpy. It's tricky. Uh, we tested there earlier this season, and and we were competitive. I think uh, the Andretti cars will be strong. We know the Penske's will be strong as well. Uh, but we we did have some pace, and and I matched my lap time from from previous from last year, uh, basically on my first run on on the track, and and we ended up having some cars car issues that um, that basically ruined the rest of our afternoon so we didn't get to run so we missed half a day at the test Uh, but the other two cars were were running strong and and making improvements so going in there I think we can be quite confident Uh, I've gained a lot of confidence on the ovals compared to last year so and considering where we are in the standings and, and the momentum we're carrying right now I do think that we can do something good Uh, I'm not going to say that we're going to go out and win the race because I I know Joseph and and Pado will definitely be be tough opponents to, to beat, but we're going in the, with the momentum that they don't have right now so uh I hope that will be on our side as well
0: there are always sponsored obligations it's part of what you do as a, as a racer it allows you to do what you do uh, from a passion standpoint but you you touched on it you're driving the high V car at an event that exists back at the Iowa Speedway because of high v's involvement with the series so so I guess just what does that make it even kind of more unique what that race weekend is for you coming up
1: I mean, uh, it, every, I've got everything laid up for me, uh, you know, going into that weekend. Now leaving from from a race win, driving the high V car at the high V event, and and on top of that, it's actually my birthday on the Sunday <laughs> of the weekend. So it's it's definitely it's it's definitely my weekend by the sound of it. So we hope we'll just have a clear race weekend. Um, no no small incidents or, or failures or any any small problems that will uh, that will hold us back. But you know right now in the in the championship, we're carrying momentum. Um, and and from my perspective, it's kind of me and Alex Pelu that has been carrying the the best momentum lately. so um, we know where he is in the championship and and how well he's been performing. So if we can carry the, the, the that momentum throughout the rest of the season. I don't think we'll catch him, but I definitely think we can we can get close to to, to where he is right now.
0: Christian Lungard, our guest, race winner yesterday in Toronto. Kind up. to join us day after on the ride. Greg Rakestraw in for JMV, 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Again, being the sponsorship car of the event has its perks. Do you get to like go up on stage with Carrie Underwood, Kenny Chesney, Zach Brown, Ed Sheeran, who are all scheduled to appear coming up this weekend in Iowa?
1: Uh, not that I'm uh, aware of at the moment, but I'm sure uh, there, there's things right now that I don't know of that I most likely have to do. But, you know, I, I go in, um, with, with full expectations of, of having to do stuff that I don't know of right now and, <laughs> and go in with, with, with just pure enjoyment. Um, we, we're going off a race win, um, and everything Hyde is, is doing for, for our team, for, for me and, and for the series. Um, you know, we, we want to give, give back to them as well. So, uh, Whatever they want me to do, I'll be, I'll be right there.
0: Well, also, you can do it without a mustache, uh, which, which is a, a big part of, of the fun of it as well. We're now 23 months removed from you first making the jump over to the States to run for Ray Hall, Letterman Landing and Racing. Um, has the experience, I'm, has it been everything you thought it would be and more? Uh, is this kind of what you thought it would be going into it? Just overall, you're about to hit the two-year mark of of riding in the IndyCar Series full-time or driving in the IndyCar Series full-time. What has it been like? What what has been kind of the, the biggest surprise or development on, on that front in your estimation?
1: Honestly, I think the the, the biggest uh, change I believe that I have made is just experience, understanding the circuits, understanding uh, especially the ovals, pure confidence. We've started every weekend faster than, than we did last year, uh, just from a confidence point of view, and, and now knowing all the circuits and, and et cetera. Um, and the team has done well preparing me. Uh, from last year to this year, and and even preparing the, the team it's, itself, um, and obviously it helps that we are making improvements. Um, but honestly, it's it's just being race smart. It's it's understanding how the races uh, work out. Um, this weekend was a great example of yes, we're in the lead of the race. We come out as seventh um, under the last caution uh, pit stop circle and. You know, understanding where you are in the real race, because we had three cars ahead of us that needed to pit. We had three cars ahead of us that pitted five laps earlier, and we even us, we were short on fuel. So, you know, just understanding these kind of things is things that I never thought of um, last year. And I I just have more awareness of of everything around me, And, and I think that has made a huge difference.
0: Well, again, we're all now aware you're a race winner, no longer a mustache wearer, and also because of this conversation, I know, to wish you a happy early birthday. And I hope for your sake, the success of this Sunday is repeated this coming Sunday. You can celebrate a race win on your 22nd birthday. Christian, I know you're busy. I appreciate your time. Congrats on win number one. Hope it's the first of many. And uh, as many safe trips around the Oval at Iowa this weekend. Thanks for your time.
1: Thank you so much.
0: go from one gas to another to another Uh, i'll be seeing him coming up on april the far april august the fourth as in a friday night for the championship of the dizzy runs pro-am he is part of the brain trust that puts together he's also still one hell of a point guard it is kyle guy that joins us now kg how you doing buddy i'm doing good man how are you i'm doing good what is this like being a part of this event the second year around after helping get it off the ground last summer
3: yeah, it's bigger and better, man. We just try to keep making improvements and getting better players, um, you know, from around the country. But definitely with a uh, focus on Indiana, we've been able to do that.
0: How active do you get in the recruiting process, or after you kind of put this together for the first year, does does a lot of that kind of kind of take care of itself?
3: The only easier part this year than last year is I already had everybody's numbers for most part. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah man no, I'm one hundred percent in in the recruiting process I do um a lot of it myself and um you know i just I just think it's important and so I like and I'm a little bit of a control freak too so um and I'm su- trying to be super organized, so I'm always blowing these guys up and uh, you know, thankfully they, they deal with me. So, why,
0: why was this something that you always wanted to do? And I, I, I'm friends with Carlos Knox, who put one of these together. You know, you go to a lot of major cities. There's always kind of a, a, a great league for guys that are playing professionally or have played in college or are playing in college now. Why was this so important to you?
3: Yeah, I just, I just felt like, you know, ever since the Carlos Knox one, there really hasn't been one. Um, City League puts on a good one. Um, down at Tech, but, you know, I just felt like we could do bigger and better, and that's something I've always wanted to do. Uh, You know, I have an AU program, and and more, so I'm always trying to give back, and I felt like, um, you know, Indianapolis is such a hotbed for basketball, but, like, uh, the pros don't, like, when they come back, there's not, like, this big NBA trainer or this big like program where they can get their work in. And so that's what we wanted to establish, and we've been able to do so.
0: All right, so you've had a mix of players. I remember Miles Colvin played the championship game last year. He was getting ready to get into his high school senior year. And most of the guys are current college players, former local college players that play in Europe, and, and guys that that are lucky enough to get to play in the NBA but you had one of those upcoming high school players play last week and i'm sure that garnered a lot of attention what was it like seeing flory badunga out there on the floor last week for this
3: yeah it was it was great man he is a man uh amongst boys even at that <laughs> level um you know even playing with with these pros he's a special talent um he's coming back again tomorrow night um and, we yeah, we have a, our best week yet coming on Tuesday with with full of players.
0: All right, so feel free to plug away here. Tease us up. Who are some of the – I know you can't name everybody. So there's like 60 dudes that are playing. Give me some uh, of the headliners that are playing tomorrow night.
3: Yeah, so the high schoolers, we I, I only let a select few high schoolers. So, Flory's playing again. Braylon Mullins from Greenfield uh, yep. Central. Design Hall from uh, Tenley. Um, uh, oh Stevie Reynolds from uh, up north in, in South Bend. Yep. Um, and then college players will have Pierre Brooks from Butler, Um, and then pros will have uh, the Teague brothers will have, uh, let's see, Andre Owens and Shane Winnington who had a short stand with the Pacers, Um, myself, I always play, Um, and then we have uh, the next two weeks, we'll have some Pacers players. I'm not going to say who. I think they need I think that the people need to come see uh, for themselves. <laughs> but we'll have some Pacers players the next two weeks um, on these next two Tuesdays. So, uh, And then, as you said, always overseas guys and, and pros that – um, are, are, are from Indiana. Devontae smith Vera, Indiana legend. He's playing, so a lot of guys.
0: And again, Mojo up Fieldhouse, up in Noblesville, off of Bowdoin Road, just north of north 146th Street, exit 210 uh, to uh, to go watch this. Again, hooping tomorrow night. First game tomorrow night starts at what time?
3: Uh, 6.30. Uh, we'll have three games at 6.30 going on at one time, and then we'll have the main game with Pacers players and a couple other guys. Uh, that'll be at 7.45.
0: All right, very cool. So, again, we'll, we'll plug that again one more time before we uh, let Kyle exit stage left. Uh, when you and I talked last year in the postgame show of the championship, you were literally getting ready to head over to Spain. What was yeah. your experience like with uh, Joventut uh, a, a year ago?
3: Yeah, man, it was, it was great, honestly. I can't complain. I live just north of Barcelona. Um, and, uh, you know, I was a 10-minute walk from the beach, played great in the best basketball league in the world outside of the NBA. Uh, domestically in Spain, and um, got to travel the world, spent Christmas in Switzerland. Like I don't have a whole lot to complain about, man. Um, uh, I'm super fortunate and, and had a pretty good season myself. So, All
0: right. Thankfully, a buddy of mine played for this team, so I can actually, I think, pronounce them somewhat properly. Panathinaikos is where you are yeah. heading uh, to play in Greece. Why was mm-hmm. that kind of the, the next stop in the world tour for you?
3: Yeah, that, I mean, honestly, it was just the best offer I could get. Um, and, um, sorry, um, yeah, it was the best offer um, I could get in terms of everything from money to playing time to living experience to uh, everything. And they're a really good team with one of the best histories in Europe. And, you know, I, like I said, I like traveling the world, so Athens was a uh, the next place
0: on the on the the bucket list uh is this something where if you know and and there are guys i could rattle off like chandler thompson uh kenny barlow uh you know of a younger generation like david logan these are friends of mine that have you know Mm -hmm. now done this 10 15 years and, and played the entirety of their career in europe if if that's the way the route that it goes for you you okay with that
3: Oh yeah, you know I'm, I'll never say no to the NBA, um, <laughs> but I, I I felt that I you know did everything in my power and showcased that I can play at that level, and I believe that in my heart, and I think other people do too. So I'm content with with that and knowing that it's out of my control. So I'm you know, just trying to secure my financial freedom for, for my son.
0: Again, Kyle Guy, kind of to join us, Dizzy Runs Pro-Am. The next installment of it starts tomorrow night at 6.30 at Mojo Upfield House in Noblesville. Premier game or premier game is at 7.45. Championship game of this quick run comes up on Friday, August 4th. Kind of to join us here on the ride without JMV. Greg Rakestraw filling in, 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. When people see you out and about in Indianapolis, do they most often want to talk to you about the Pro-Am, about your days at Lawrence Central, or about winning a national championship at Virginia? What's the first thing that comes up in conversation?
3: It changes. It's a good mix. you know. I do think being back home, there's a lot of people that want to reminisce. Um, and so we talk a lot about LC or Virginia. Um, but with how big the um, – Uh, The program's been getting, um, and, you know, my stint in the NBA – I, 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 it start it just changes every time, man. I don't know how to explain it, man. I literally, I'm at Target right now. I just to somebody, <laughs> he dabbed he me up and, uh, and wanted to talk about LC. So it just changes every
0: time. You're a popular guy. People recognize you in the community. Uh, last time I saw you, by the way, the, the hair flow was majestic. Has it gotten even better <laughs> since you were in Europe? Or are you at your summer buzz cut? What are the locks looking like right now?
3: Yeah, summer buzz cut, man. It was too much to keep up with. Uh, so I, I decided to, uh, Cut it all off, and now we're rocking just a real normal real normal cut.
0: Uh, Kyle, it's, it, some of us are follically challenged, you know, so we don't have the option. We kind of got to work what we have. So I, I, right. I, I wish I could have uh, those options that you do with that. Uh, what was it like following your LC Bears and your Virginia Cavaliers and your Cincinnati Bengals? What was it like following them from overseas a year ago?
3: Well, it was uh, difficult because I had to watch everything the next morning uh, for the most part. Um, and so I just wouldn't check my phone when I woke up in the morning, and I rewatched the Bengals game or or Virginia game or whatever. So, um, but it was fun. You know, there's a little American bar over there in Barcelona called Coco Vale. I was there once or twice a week, getting some wings and you know, getting the taste of home.
0: <laughs> I like it. All right, now so l- last year when we did the final of the pro am on TV, you were like literally heading over to Spain the next week. When do you head back to Greece to start the next year?
3: Yeah, they haven't given me a date yet, but a little bit later, uh, late August, uh, maybe the first of September. So it won't be uh, as abrupt as as last year.
0: Well, it's, it's good to hear that you are doing well. I am happy your experience over there went so well. Best luck in Greece. If I don't see you beforehand, I'll see you on August the 4th. And thanks for the time today, buddy. I greatly appreciate it.
3: Absolutely, man. Anytime. Thank you.
0: Whether it's
2: audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Indy 11 women will play for a W League championship. Few will have a better seat than me. I would consider being one of the starting center backs having a better seat than me, except that she won't have a seat at all. She'll be, you know, hoofing it up and down, putting miles on the tires. That would be Grace Barr, who joins us now, getting ready to complete her second year with the Indy 11 with hopefully a league championship. Grace, thanks for the time before practice. How you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. And obviously, you probably recognized from the early going last year, this was pretty special in terms of the operation and the opportunity here. But to now be playing for a championship this week—just kind of your your immediate thought to knowing uh, you've got a potential title on your hands five days from now.
2: Yeah, I think one—it's amazing to to have put ourselves in this position to play in the championship and. What's even better is that we get to host and have it at home um, with as many fans as we can bring in. I, I mentioned it after the game, the semifinals last week. It's we have a 12th man with our atmosphere and our community, so we're really excited. Um, we got one more win to go, so in five days, that's that's the
0: goal. Uh, Friday night was one of the rare times I could not be uh, there at Grand Park uh, to watch you guys in action. So a, thanks for getting another their games so I could call the final. Uh, I greatly appreciate that. Uh, but b, what the the atmosphere sounded great as i went back and watched the match on saturday morning what was it like from a player standpoint
2: yeah i think it was amazing as a player player um there were a lot of goals in that game and no matter whose goal it was we always had the support so i think that was incredible um it definitely proves some difficulty sometimes when we're trying to get attention um from from our coach or in between each other i think i screamed sam dewey's name about five times before she heard me but um it's all in it's all an amazing appreciation because we would not be where we are without the support that we have
0: i'll try to quickly explain your background play collegially at both xavier and wisconsin you went to camp with racing louisville in the nwsl in, in 2021 uh so for a lot of players in this league this is kind of you know what you do in the summer to get yourself ready for the upcoming season. For a handful of players, it's hey, I, I want to try to you know get to a professional level. What's the goal that you have in terms of playing for the ND Eleven? What do you think your soccer future is going to entail for you at this point?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think I'm in an interesting phase because I come back and I play um, and I prove to myself more than anybody else that that I can still put in the minutes, I can still put in the miles. Um, and I still have that love and passion for the game. So I think for me, my sights are set on the Super League. When the stadium's ready, when Indy's ready to to put their stamp on professional women's soccer, I think I'm still going to be ready to lace up my boots and see what I can contribute.
0: So many players, you know, are are hoping to say take this and go play overseas. Or as you well know, you've got teammates that have played overseas. And now are back here, you know, working full time, and, and and then kind of playing on the side. Is, is is the European route something that interests you, or do you want to stay here in the states?
2: Um, I was in Europe. Yep i miss I missed the first game of this year, um, and that is because I was pursuing an opportunity overseas um, in Denmark. So the culture and the experience of traveling to Europe it does interest me, but I think there's a lot to offer um, that's full aren't quite aware of unless you're this indie team, so I'm ready to I'm ready to stay here um, and pursue that. But um, soccer soccer definitely still has my heart and my goals right
0: now. Again, uh, Grace Barr joining us. She's been one of the two year members of the Indy Eleven. She was actually a player assistant coach for the team last year, focusing her skills in terms of playing this year for the squad. Joining us, Greg Rakestraw filling in for JMB on 93.5 and and one zero seven five. The Fan. Um, how has Indy been to you? Because again, you're from you know around the Midwest, but not kind of one of the indie based players like so many. Uh, has this kind of become like your adopted hometown the last couple of years?
2: Yeah, um, it's been great. I moved here by myself um, a little over a year ago, and the community, the people, um, the groups that I've gotten myself into have been incredibly welcoming. Um, I think the Midwest is home to me wherever it is, so it's been great to have a home base here in Indy and consider this um, a new a new era for where I, where I live and, and grow in
0: this phase of my life. All right, so with that, you're going to go from the great indoors to uh, playing outdoors. And I'll be honest, Grace, I have not looked at what the forecast kind of entails for Saturday afternoon. I would imagine that turf is going to be warm at 2 o'clock on Saturday. What's going to be like for you and your teammates making the transition from outdoor to indoor coming up this weekend?
2: Yeah, I think we've had the luxury to train outdoors most of the year, um, except for when we choose to train indoors to prep for games. So um, we have a good practice schedule of preparation ahead of us to get used to that, but, I mean, there's nothing going to compare to the adrenaline, um, and like you said, I'm sure I'm sure the turf is definitely going to give us some some heat. So I think for us it's just focusing on what we can control and suffering through um what the weather might be um, on the hopes of winning a championship
0: all right obviously you're kind of focused on your own championship but as i said off the top of the show it's fitting that i'm going to talk more women's soccer this week on this radio station because the women's world cup you know is is like less than 72 hours away from starting how big of a topic of conversation is that amongst you and your teammates uh, as you train for one more week this season
2: yeah, I think um, we talk about it briefly. I think I talk about it more than most um, because <laughs> I I played with Roosevelt at Wisconsin. Um, her family and my family are really good friends. So my support lies um, through and through with her and the team. So they might be sick of me talking about it, but I will talk about it until they, they win the world cup as well so it's been great um we're really looking forward to it
0: all right so uh for again this is going to be remedial for some but just to explain rose lavelle is one of the top american players and there's only i think nine that have previous world cup experience clearly she has some uh I- i'll lean on you for some inside knowledge they kind of held her out of that last friendly injury why she's gonna be okay for the world cup
2: oh yeah she's set she's ready um Rose is an amazing player. She knows how to control her body and she has a group of people around her that um, support that. So she's ready to go and, and I'm all for her scoring some more goals, hopefully in the World Cup final to win gold again, but along the way as well.
0: All right, so uh, I'm, I'm going to let you kind of act as your own pr agent here in terms of for the team Uh, obviously when you and i have had conversations in the past it's been largely for our soccer audience uh, uh, on soccer saturday but this is a much broader group that is listening here what are the reasons why someone should come and watch you and your teammates play for a championship on saturday afternoon what do you want them to see when you're playing at carroll stadium coming up on saturday
2: I think for everybody, one, it's a it's a great experience um, just to be surrounded by a group of people cheering for a common cause. So families, um, relatives, kids, parents, I think the atmosphere provides an opportunity for everybody to have fun. And then for those who want to watch a competitive match and see people come together in such a short amount of time, I think it'll be less than three months in total. Um, we're a really special group of girls from age 15 to age 28 um, who are going to all be fighting for each other and for a great cause to win championships. So I think outside of soccer, it's just an electric atmosphere. And then if you're looking for that soft soccer specific um, area, I mean, we're, we're ready to play. We're going to get down and dirty if we have to. Um, we'll play pretty soccer if we have to as well, but our eyes are set on winning that championship
0: you got that left foot dialed in the free kick if needed you had earlier this year
2: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm saving another one uh, <laughs> for this occasion hopefully
0: that was a beauty uh, that you had i think on father's day if i remember right uh, when, when you put that yes. one uh, upper 90 on the right side i i know you've got training coming up so i know you're busy grace thanks for the time i'll see you saturday at the mic take care
2: thank you so much Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: We will uh, make a a left or a right turn because it's, you know, road and street circuits. This weekend, just left turns, no right turns for the IndyCar series. And with that, we are joined by Nick Yeoman from the IndyCar Radio Network. Hello, my friend. How are you?
4: Oh, Greg, I'm good. I hear you talking about old guys swinging for the fences, and all I think about is, like, let's pray for some rotator cuff hairs.
0: <laughs> uh, no, let's not do that, uh, because as, as, I have heard, you know, as I age, like like the most painful surgery and rehab you could have would be of your rotator cuff. So I would not wish that on anybody uh, at this point. How was Toronto this weekend?
4: It was great. Uh, it's always a fabulous city. Love visiting Toronto. Uh, they're so supportive of, of, of IndyCar racing. You know, a couple of years ago when the pandemic hit, you know, you would talk about sports being affected in America. Uh, they felt it maybe uh, just as hard up north, and we, we didn't do that race for a couple of years. And You always worry, boy, you go away from a race for a couple of years will people come back. But uh, the Toronto race fans are great. I know our entire crew enjoys it up there, and it was a really good race weekend there in the city of toronto
0: uh our friend and colleague jake query always makes it a habit to bring canadian only products back through customs across the uh national line and then back to indianapolis do you do the same
4: uh no greg i, I try not so i don't want to get searched at customs that's what i'm worried about i try <laughs> to pack as light as possible jake's always like trying to sneak in those mints or some coffee it's uh, no i i try to avoid those uh, those practices
0: all right fair enough uh we just had christian lungard um on the program in the last hour talking about his win he said the mustache is now in the past tense it was gone as of the flight home from toronto uh last night your thoughts about him being a first-time winner in the indycar series
4: yeah i actually saw a video they shaved it off in victory lane so uh he got rid of that <laughs> thing pretty darn quick after getting a win uh, it, it's a great story. I mean, Christian's a guy who, who has kind of been steadily coming along, and, and I think the uh, thought process around him was boy, he's pretty good. Is Ray Hall Letterman-Lanigan holding him back a bit? Uh, obviously, you know, and, and folks around Central Indiana know just how much that Ray Hall Letterman-Lanigan team struggled in the month of May with Graham Ray Hall being bumped out of the Indy 500, and, and that organization needed to make some serious changes and make them pretty quick. Uh, they did that. Bobby Grey Hall and Mike Landigan uh, changed their approach up, and I think it's helped Christian Lundgaard big time. I, I don't necessarily think, Greg, that the, the floodgates are about to open for Christian Lundgaard. He's not going to all of a sudden start winning race after race. But now that he's got one, that confidence is there, not only in himself, but in that team. I think he's going to be a serious contender to kind of Mess with Alex Palou's chase for a championship here down the stretch of the IndyCar calendar.
0: You and I both tend to speak fluently in the language of snark and smartass. Uh, and so I, I can ask you this question What happened to Alex Pillow yesterday? He didn't win.
4: <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? I mean, all he was trying to do is become the first IndyCar driver since 2006 to win a fourth straight race and uh, just the fifth to do it since 1970. And boy, he let us all down by finishing second. The consolation prize was how about a ninth? Straight top five finish. Uh, it, it was a pretty interesting day. For the first time, he was dealt a little bit of adversity. Had to avoid a spinning Elio Castroneves at about the midway point of the race, and he slapped the wall and caught the front wing and it bent the sucker. And he had to race for about the second half of the race with a bent front wing. Great pitch strategy. The team got him in and, and topped off on fuel before a lot of drivers did, so they got him ahead of them. And then Alex did an unbelievable dr- job. Driving a broken car, Greg, to finish in second place. He extended his points lead. And, and guys like Joseph Newgarden and Scott Dixon have to be sitting here thinking, man, we, we, this guy finally gets dealt a bad hand, <laughs> and he still extends the points lead. He, he's having really a, a miraculous season, something we haven't really seen since. You know, we're looking at Juan Montoya and Alex Zanardi. Type levels of dominance, but he, he is uh, living a charmed existence right now.
0: And obviously, you know, so much of the story is going to be with it, with seemingly, and I, and I hate to say this, with still two months of the season left to go, it being almost in the past tense that he is going to win the IndyCar Championship. So now the question, anytime I talk about Pelot, becomes. Is he driving for Chip Ganassi next year? Is he driving for McLaren next year? Is he driving in Formula One next year? As you look in your crystal ball, and I know you've got some sources involved in this as well, exactly whom is his employer as of uh, mid-September or beyond?
4: I think he's going to have some options in Formula One, Greg. I, I really do, and I don't think it's only going to be with Zach Brown's McLaren stable. That's, that's kind of always been a thought process. Hey, McLaren's got teams in IndyCar and Formula One. Well, you latch on to Alex Pillow and promise him some opportunities to test in Formula One. And hey, if it doesn't work out well, the worst thing you did is you stole Chip Ganassi's prime talent and he's driving an IndyCar for you. But I think there's going to be some interest in some other Formula One teams uh, for him as well. And, and there are going to be some very, very interesting discussions And as it, you know, you know, applies to the IndyCar series, Greg, in terms of the silly season stuff, I think everybody is waiting for this gigantic domino ball with where does Alex below go? Because, you know, Mark James and I were talking about it this past weekend. We think half of the field could shake up and have drivers in new spots next year. And it all depends on Alex below I can't make a prediction, Greg. I just know it's really good to be Alex Pillow when you've got two IndyCar teams and maybe a couple Formula One teams knocking on your door. Uh, it's, it's blank check season for the young Spaniard.
0: Again, Nick Yeoman, IndyCar Radio Network, and IndyCar often in the summer kind of has a one-week-on, one-week-off philosophy. That is not the case this time around. Uh, you're heading out to Iowa for two races. Uh, first of all, knowing you're a, a, a Midwestern boy at heart and I see you out enjoying a little dirt track action, you're not calling things for either IndyCar or PRN, et cetera, the Bullring Oval back-to-back days. Uh, your thoughts about being able to enjoy that this weekend?
4: Well, I love it because I am a Midwesterner, as you mentioned, and I'm excited. Kind of bummed I'm going to miss the start of USAC Indiana Sprint Week, but those short Bullring uh short tracks are, are really what I enjoy and this is kind of one of the few opportunities IndyCar gets a chance to run on the high banks and uh, the short oval of Iowa Speedway it's great massive concerts we're going to try to get Carrie Underwood up to the booth uh to sit with Mark James I don't know if it's possible but we're going to try to make it happen but the action's always great there it's it's just a an incredible gem of a racetrack. It's in the middle of nowhere don't don't get it twisted it is <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in Newton Iowa you've got to uh you know you know stream through the corn to find the place, but uh, it's a great racetrack. It puts on great racing, and uh, Joseph Newgarden's got to be the guy that everybody looks at. He's led something like 7 million laps there over the last couple years, Greg. He's been super dominant, but the action is always cool. It's like 27 Indy cars in a blender, and you hit Priore. It's uh, it's a fun racetrack, and I know everybody's looking forward to head to
0: corn country. Maybe I, my next question should be compare and contrast the IED truck stop versus Bucky's, uh, but but I, I will move on from that. Uh, As as someone whom, obviously, you're paid by the series, you love what you do, you are a race nut, so as someone that would go for just the racing, your thoughts about, about kind of the show, you know, the show, the concerts, versus just being out there for a race, how do you kind of balance those two as an IndyCar fan?
4: Yeah, I think if you're an IndyCar fan, you just have to accept that, man, these racetracks want to provide you the best bang for buck. And obviously, sure, there are going to be some folks there that probably have no interest in IndyCar racing, but you're hopeful that, hey, maybe they get exposed to it waiting for either one of these concerts to start, you know, at the front end or back end on either day. Maybe they get it exposed to something they enjoy and they become an IndyCar fan just like you. So um, I know, like, the ticket prices went up and some fans weren't too thrilled about that, but this has become a marquee event Iowa Speedway and, and the Hy-Vee Supermarkets knocked it out of the park last year. And uh, I think any time you can take a regular feeling race weekend and turn it to a marquee event like they've done at Iowa Speedway, I think if you're an IndyCar fan, you've got to be happy with it, even if it means that maybe the showcase isn't all about racing, but it's also about entertainment.
0: All right. How are your Panthers going to be this year, my friend?
4: Uh, I mean, listen, if, if Bryce Young proves that, you know, five, four quarterbacks don't get passes knocked down, uh, I think they're going to be okay. That division's not very good, Greg. You look around the NFC South, I think nine wins could get you in the playoffs. So uh, I'm hopeful. Decent defense. You know Frank Reich very well, changing the culture up a little bit. And if Bryce Young is decent –
0: hey, maybe I got something to watch this fall. There you go. Nick Yeoman on the IndyCar Radio Network, and there is two this weekend, Saturday afternoon three, Sunday afternoon two, NBC for your television right here on 93.5 and 107.5, the fam and other great radio stations, not to mention Sirius XM, where you can check out all the work this weekend as well. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your week, and safe travels to and from Iowa. See you,
4: Greg.